Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala Resulillah sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu viewers. Welcome to the Talking Dean podcast number 12. Assalamu alaikum brothers. Wa alaikum assalam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. I'm your host Majid and uh, today I have brother Rashia and brother Shaz. Uh, you know these uh, brothers have been on here before. But subhanallah you know... Uh, It's like a, a new beginning because as you can see, you know, we're in a new studio, um, you know, by the the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all the support that we've had from, you know, our uh, devoted, devoted supporters. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. you know, uh, we've moved into new premises now. So inshallah ta'ala, the, the, the plan is to become the best Islamic podcast there is. And for that, it takes time, yes, you know, it takes du'as, it takes effort, you know, but on... But, On top of it, it really takes your support, inshallah ta'ala. So always support us. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Telegram, YouTube. You know, subscribe, like, share. You know, every little thing that you do, inshallah ta'ala, it helps the cause. So brothers, um, how's it going? Alhamdulillah, really good. I think even things that you've said there is part of what we're going to talk about today. Talking about the dawah, I'm sure you're going to mention. But alhamdulillah, yeah, doing really well. Really nice premises, yeah. you know. Can't really ask, you know, ask for more really at this stage. Yeah, alhamdulillah, we've come a long way in a short space of time. Um, but yeah, alhamdulillah, with the support obviously of uh, brothers and sisters out there, it means a lot to us. And uh, inshallah, we'll be getting uh, bigger and better, as you've said. So yeah, so today inshallah, I was thinking, uh, you know, uh, I speak to my co-host Rash, and uh, we thought we'll do some which is slightly different to what we do normally. Yeah. Because of, you know, the fact that we're in a new setting and we've done 12 episodes. This is the 12th episode. Yeah. But what we feel, to be honest with you, is, you know, to, to all the, the, the viewers and our supporters out there is maybe we need to speak a bit more about who we are, a bit more about Votu, but also uh, a bit more about our our journey. Because the reality is, brothers and sisters, you know, Right now, it's very important that Muslims, you know, with what we see around the world, you know, George Bush said this many years ago. And, you know, and you talk about George Bush Jr., by the way, and this is someone who you're talking about who has a falsehood, right? And he said years ago, he said, you're either with us or against us. So at the end of the day, this is somebody who's got the falsehood. So the reality is, is we look at the situation of the Ummah, um, whether it's the intellectual uh, warfare, whether it's the actual uh, military warfare, We see that there's no room on the fence. So right now, all Muslims should be activists, should be in the da'wah. And we want to speak about this, inshallah ta'ala. And hopefully, you know, through our our journey, we can motivate you guys as well, because this is a collective struggle. So, you know, inshallah, let's let's begin. I've got a few things lined up, a few questions, which you guys don't know about. Okay. So alhamdulillah, you know, you haven't got time to make things up. Not that you wouldn't do anyway. <laughs> so inshallah, I think the first thing really is... Um, You know, what's our journey into? I mean, there's one thing we can say. What's our journey into into Islam? But obviously, we we're born Muslims, um, but uh, you know, uh, being born Muslim and understanding what Islam is is two different matters. But let's talk about the journey to the Dawah. Um, Rashi, I'll start off with you, Inshallah Taala. Um, you know, tell us a bit about yourself and, and and where you've come from and where you are now, Inshallah. No, alhamdulillah. To be fair, I think my journey, especially being around universities nowadays, I've spoken to a lot of, of, of youngsters and things in universities and 
sometimes I think back and I think, actually, when I was at university, whilst there was like Islamic societies and things about, to be fair, I didn't have many friends that were Muslim. So I was very much in an environment where completely non-Muslim environment. There was a there was a couple of Muslims, but for my own deficiencies, I kind of swayed more towards some of the non-Muslims because maybe academically they seem to initially at least be a bit more focused. So at that stage, like your t-shirt represents, you was going nowhere. I was yeah? going nowhere. That's exactly why I wore it. Okay, carry on. I was going nowhere, and hopefully, what happened was. Uh, when I look back especially, is when I compare to those Muslims in some of these Islamic societies and Islamic environments at universities nowadays, I was I saw firsthand what students that came to university, I'm talking about non-Muslim students here as well, and initially maybe had that mindset of academia, but they got into so much next level, you know, it was all about going out clubbing every night, it was their whole perspective of life I saw firsthand. And for me, that that really hit home, because for a while, and this was a time where I will, I'll have to admit that I wasn't, you know, kind of practicing Muslim myself, yeah, in that I always, my parents had always taught me obviously you need to pray and everything and you i knew that there was allah i knew i'd gone through some sort of rational process but not sufficiently to the ex to the extent that that reality that i was in made me realize that is this what people live for and that was what really made me start to question and so whilst i think that's different to some of the muslims that i come across in universities nowadays mm. but some of the muslims i see nowadays come to an environment where there is a good environment already and that actually helps them so would you say that the you know um, your parents the sort of guidance and and, and the, the instructions they gave did that or did that form a basis? Oh, definitely. Okay. It still formed that you know whether it was out of a bit of fear, whether it was out of just kind of knowing that they'd actually given me some premise, but that wasn't <coughs> enough for me to completely keep away from the things that I shouldn't have got involved in. Okay. But at the same time, it was enough for me to see those things and immediately question them and say. You know, this is not what I want to be involved in. This is not the. You know, this is not. This is not giving me any kind of aspirations for the, my future, and and that journey for me was very much a case of seeing a few brothers who then, when I spoke to them, the thing that they brought to the table for me is the decisiveness of Islam, going through a decisive kind of belief. You know, thinking of it, thinking of it for yourself. Thinking of it for myself, because before that it was very much a okay. Someone telling you know, if there was a group of people praying, I'll go and pray with them. If my parents would shout at me and say go and pray, I would go and pray. But that coming from yourself process, I have to be honest, it only came when I went through a rational thought process of going sitting down with some brothers and those brothers saying to me, look, you can prove the Creator. You can prove the speech of Allah. You can go through this process. And I'm not even talking in like Islamic kind of teach. It wasn't like an Islamic class. It was just sitting down with brothers and brothers giving me that thought process. And to be fair, and it might sound grand, but that absolutely changed my life. Because from that moment onwards, it was like all of those things that my non-Muslim friends were doing, I was thinking, that's not going to get... That's not going to get me anywhere. And that's from that point, it was all about studying the deen. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on uh, a few more points. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, with our guest, uh, he's not really a guest anymore. Uh, his brother, brother Shaz, someone who I've known for a long time. Someone very close to me. Um, and I know, subhanallah, Shaz's story is quite different. Mm. 
and let him inshallah ta'ala tell us about you know uh, the, the things that happen in his life which really put things into perspective shall I say yeah alhamdulillah um, sometimes life throws you curveballs and you don't know how to deal with them so for me again similar to Rash in the sense of university was a big eye opener I went to AT university had the whole I'm going to you know become educated I'm, I've got a plan for my life I'm going to get a job and you know 2.4 children kind of scenario <laughs> um but subhanallah uh, while I was at university a few things happened and I I guess I was always looking for answers but I just didn't know where to look for them and what they were so while I was at university you know my, my mother passed away as a university um you know started that started opening the doors I started looking at questions you know what am I doing here what's you know what's the purpose of me being here um and you feel that level of I wouldn't say inferiority but helplessness that someone you're so close to but you couldn't actually do anything to stop them yeah and then believe it or not about 6 months after that I was diagnosed with cancer while I was at university and then that one really was the eye opener for me for me that was the one where i was sitting there i can actually remember it like it was yesterday sitting there in my bedroom and i was looking out the window and i actually asked myself that question what's the purpose of being on this planet allahu akbar you know i mean what what is my purpose you know if i believe that there's a creator then what did he create me for and that was the doorway for me to start looking for the complete decisive and the wholeheartedness of islam Because then I was asking questions like, well, it can't just be about praying because I'm a human being and there's other elements in my life. So if people are saying to me that Islam is a way of life, then where does everything fit into that life? And that was when I started pursuing knowledge, started going to, hanging around with a lot more uh, Muslim brothers. Because similar to Rashid, in my early part of life, I, I used to hang around with a lot of non-Muslims. Okay. So... It, there was always that mishmash of you know where do i fit where do i belong who do i belong with and then what and after that i started getting more answers and started looking at it and allah made it easy for me to get these answers and to find that actually this is my purpose this is why i've been put on this earth and what i need to do to get to our final destination which is jannah inshallah So yeah it was uh, whenever someone whenever I thought oh this is a tough moment or these things were happening it led me to believe to these questions being answered so now obviously I know Allah was testing me and Allah was finding the path for me to get these answers because you know you see so many people in this dunya just walking by you aimlessly there's no objective there is no objective in their lives and it just clarified for me what my sense of being was and what my value was as a muslim and so alhamdulillah you know this is a blessing from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know i've learned a lot from it but a lot a lot happens but obviously allah teaches you and you learn from these and you should be growing from this so muslims out there things will be thrown at them and they'll they'll think oh you know why is this happening to me but we should be really looking at it how is allah teaching me 
to be on the straight path. How can I get my answers? And for us, Islam is the solution to all our problems. So once I realized that, and once there were brothers who guided me, or helped me with this understanding of this, I realized this is it. Islam is Islam or nothing. It really was that, but you realize it's, it's Islam or nothing. You know what's amazing about that, you know, mm-hmm. because sometimes we don't appreciate that some of us get these things that happen in our mm-hmm. life that kind of, it's like a, you know, like, you know, the shock treatment yeah. you give times to yeah. someone, you know, like, you know, when you want to bring someone back to life, mm-hmm. that treatment where, you know, you have that feeling of, you know, I need to look for answers. A lot of people just kind of carry on with their lives mm-hmm. and all of a sudden those kind of distractions in life just just never get them to look for to seek those answers. So I, I didn't really know about your situation until Majid mentioned it mm. not so long ago, and I that's what it made me think that as well. Subhanallah, you know, I've had it twice. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, so I had it a few years ago as well. Alhamdulillah. Again, it's and I do believe what you said. It's like we mentioned this about shock and awe, mm. and you know, this is Allah can test us in this way. Uh, so again. Maybe for that time when it happened, it was a complete. I was in a completely different headspace, and where I was, I was young, I was single, I was a student, and that brought me onto the dean. And now, when it happened this time, there were other questions I was asking. You know, I was a father, I was a husband, I had children. You know, I was thinking, okay, if I go tomorrow, what have I taught my children? What have I done for them? You know, it was that, and it really is that question, and that's what even. Wants me to do more in terms of when I, what I said to you brothers about the, the the platform Votu offers us. What what am I going to do when I leave behind this dunya? What am I taking forward with me? Thing is, you know, the end becomes a reality, even though the end is a reality anyway. Yeah. But Subhanallah, you know, the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he said that, you know, the uh, you know often remember the destroy our pleasures. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that we're all immersed in our pleasures. Okay, and that doesn't mean people are just you know messed up. That just basically means in life. Mm. Okay, but you should remember the fact that there is an end. You should remember, and Subhanallah, this is obviously we know Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. He is unlimited. Of course, yeah. But we are limited. Our life is limited. Mm. You know, but the way we live our lives is actually in the way whereas if we're gonna live forever. Mm. So these type of things that you mentioned, Subhanallah, you know. Um, th- that itself, you know, personally, I think would, would have been an eye-opener because mm. what it does now, it, you know, that, that reality, it, it hits home. Mm. The fact that it's one thing someone saying to you, bro, you know, you can die any moment. Mm. You say, yeah, yeah, alhamdulillah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you go in and, and yeah. you've gone into the, and the doctor says, you know, look, this is what you've been diagnosed yeah. with. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a different, that's, yeah. that's where you've got the, the theory and now you've got the practical, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose you're blessed with you know that example. You can appreciate it more than yeah, we can. Yeah. That example of that brother who was it did that video blessed with Australia uh, in Australia blessed yeah, with cancer. Yeah. The one where Muhammad Hobbless yeah. um, interviews him, isn't it? And what was it? The they've got a charity organisation now, yes. and he's passed away. Obviously, was it last year? But yeah. that hit a lot of people, yeah, you know, yeah. because it was done in a very public space. Yeah, that yeah. hit a lot of people, and it's I think just looking at it from the outside, very much it gives you that feeling of when you genuinely feel that time is up yeah. then you you do something differently but really we should take every day as yeah. if time could be up today Bro, or tomorrow how, how many people go to janazas yeah how many people go follow the janaza and go to the the graveyard yeah. and they see the body being lowered yeah. and the body 
is, is there's nothing not, there's nothing going to go with this body other than the cloth and the coffin that it's in yeah. this is a reality and I've seen this first time and people have walked away and not even five minutes later their mindset is is completely completely changed yeah. but subhanallah so uh, do you know what that is you know what that is Majda? that's that's because the atmosphere around them they're so caught up in in things which are dunya related and it's not it's not uh, i'm not blaming people for it it's the way that the atmosphere that that we're in is conducive towards that you know what is the next goal what is the next step and with me subhanallah it is at that age where i said every day when i look at my children i think you know alhamdulillah allah's blessed me to have that extra time with them what can i do for them because i don't know yeah. and this illness is such where once you've had it it doesn't go away yeah. it's always going to it's always there you don't know when it's come obviously that's from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but you know you you start to think like that then that allows you to shape like that but if you've never if you've never thought like that and everything else around you is making you run 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 towards the dunya because that's the that's the lane that you're in and it's hard to get off that lane because people sometimes they get so far down the road they think there isn't an opportunity to get off that track but allah makes it easy for you to get off that track because you need to make that first move as if, well. if, if you're living in a society yeah. that's 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 showing you the reality yeah. or you live in a society that's showing you a fantasy yeah. you're obviously you're obviously going to be affected by that yeah. right so you know in regards to the the, the dawah itself so the example you gave there you know you start becoming a bit more religious i mean for example myself um, the the crazy thing is is that when i start practicing it was um, it was in the sense that it was linked to the dawah because mm. i remember very early on i mean i must have been um, uh, you know about 10 11 12 around that age sure. and i remember at the time only, that, only 10 years ago <laughs> yeah 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 maybe maybe 7 <laughs> but, but i remember so like that you know at that time because because when we were younger my my best friends were non muslims okay yeah. and i remember at that time it was you know uh, you used to uh, i remember in like religious uh, studies in mm. school mm. you know they used to show all the religions and you know for some reason when they used to show islam they used to show like an old baba you know an old man walking down the street with his carrier bags and goes and makes halal meat and and you know and, and I, to be honest you, I remember being in the classroom thinking you're this kind of embarrassing right uh, and even at that time I remember where sounds like local butcher it was like a local butcher yeah but you know like even subhanallah my my the knowledge of of Islam and, and what Muslims to me to be honest with you I knew there was Saudi Arabia because people were to do Hajj and stuff yeah. and I knew obviously there's Pakistan yeah I Kashmir Pakistan because yeah. I knew we were from there yeah So I thought basically there was a time when I think that the two Muslim countries in the world were Saudi Arabia and Pakistan. Yeah. And I even thought I'm this might sound a bit odd and I'm not really I don't think I've ever mentioned this but is this is you know I mean, you probably can blaze me for this but you understand I was very young. Deserve and you know like in those days like when you now it's different with all the construction but those days they used to be there used to be pictures of the haram. Yeah. Uh, like birds eye view. Yeah. And it used to be like a P And I actually think that P was representing Pakistan or something, yeah? yeah? But <laughs> what I'm saying is that that's my understanding. But subhanAllah, I remember when I was really young and started watching the, the, in the news, the stuff in Bosnia started. Yeah, okay? subhanAllah. And I remember they were talking about Bosnian Muslims. I actually hear this thing, yeah, but they're white people. Yeah. Right? They should, they're white people. They're not Muslims, they're Muslims. They're like, yeah, so yeah, similar. Yeah. And then uh, the Iraq war, yeah. the Iraq war started. Yeah. And then I came across some brothers uh, at that time who 
Subhanallah, the, you know, the uh, the understanding that I got from them or the, when you start hearing about Islam as being a deen, Islam as being comprehensive, about, you know, Muslim lands, about mm. Spain being yeah, Muslim yeah. lands for like 800 years, this was something which was groundbreaking. Yeah. And, you know, from that moment, I felt like I had a mission in life. Yeah. You understand? I mean, there was... Was it then? Was it, was, is, that, is, that, is that when you felt it? Was right about then? Yeah. Around about, I, I, yeah. knew, I knew there was something great. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, the thing is, you do things... You probably now you do things wiser, but those were the days where you'd go and say to your yeah. dad and mom, you know, like, you know, interest is haram, yeah, mortgage is haram. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you felt this, Why are you letting yeah. your sisters into this room? Yeah. Why are you letting brothers into that? So that was like, yo, what's going on here? You know yeah. what I'm saying? But the the thing is, the some of which I'm going to touch upon later on, I'm going to ask you guys anyway. You know, at that time, even the environment, even that you'd be surprised. I'm not going to mention the location, yeah. but the first couple of meetings that I met with, with local brothers, right, were in some of the masjid today that, you know, the same masjid today, if you went to, you would not, and you, to speak about Islam in, in, in a comprehensive mm. way, speak about mm. the politics, you'd be thrown out of the mosque. Mm. Because at that time, it was new for everyone, mm. right? And, and and there were times where, you know, I sort of like, I stopped stopped on the deen of practicing and, you know what I mean, up until later on. And I remember, uh, but I always had the I always had the knowledge that if I'm gonna start practice again, yeah, practice yeah, again, yeah. I know what Islam is, is yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember, Subhanallah, coming back from um, I went to a trip. I went to came back from Ibiza, yeah. and uh, I remember I in university, and Subhanallah, I was at Juma, and and this is nothing. The guy didn't say anything which was groundbreaking. To be honest yeah. with you, all the guy said, the guy was in khutbah, all he said is. Make the most of this Ramadan because next Ramadan you might not be here. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Those 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 words, words touched me, mm. and straight away I made a change. And Alhamdulillah, this has been the case now. So, to me, you know, when we're talking about the, the dawah, yeah. to me, I f- f- when I came into the deen, yeah. the deen was comprehensive. Okay. So I didn't go through a spiritual journey in the sense like you know I became like. Uh, just praying salah, but everything else. Yeah. When I came into the deen, when I started understanding what Islam is, yeah. it was with this Compliment. comprehensive nature. So, you know, in regards to one thing I touched upon, we'll move on, inshallah, about the... Because obviously, when you guys, at some stage, you got into the dawah. Yeah. That's what we're speaking about here, right? Now, you know the environment at the time that you saw in the dawah, that brought you into the dawah? Would you say that the, the dawah scene has changed? Would you say that the challenges that you guys had at that time, would you say the challenges are the same now? Or would you actually say that the challenges, there's more challenges now for people, A, from becoming uh, practicing, if you want to use that term. Because yeah. when we were younger, practicing was someone who's praying. Because no one prays. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. But practicing is someone who tries to practice all of Islam. Yeah, yeah. But would you not say that challenges are slightly different? The reason why I'm saying that is now you see generally a lot of Muslims those days, you were you were on the dawah, mm. or you weren't doing anything. Nowadays, you have many Muslims. Alhamdulillah, they pray, mm. they do give the zakat, they do these things. They have a good understanding of Islam, but you know, when it comes to activism, mm. or when it comes down to dawah or or being involved in this type of activity, it's not there. So, is that part of the challenges also? Yeah, I, th- I think the dawah scene has changed. And you can, you can say there's elements that are similar, certainly because, you know, back like, you know, 
10-15 years ago when you was actively talking about Islam even if you talked about some of the, the elements that today people might be a bit more concerned by you know like the political element by you know the war on Islam we've talked about some like Rand Corporation previously we, we talked about all of these kind of things which some people are still a bit fearful in getting involved in because they feel that oh you know especially with prevent and all of these things that are around now Yes, there was styles of those things in the past, but previously, when 9-11 happened and times like that, a lot of people were activated to the extent that they thought, we now need to be out there speaking about Islam in the correct way comprehensively. Whereas today, I think there's more people, and even parents, there's more people who, if they want to get involved, either due to pressures from schools, universities, but also parents, where they might go, oh, what if they class me as an extremist now? So I think it's, people find it more difficult to come onto the Dawah scene nowadays, which isn't always completely negative because maybe they find other channels. So because there's lots of movements and projects on nowadays which are an element of kind of raising awareness about Islam. So this is why I don't always actively kind of, there's, you know, there's lots of movements and it's not a case of going, that movement is doing something that is completely wrong. I think there's a lot of movements that are contributing to kind of revival for Muslims. But actually, what, what sometimes is a bit concerning is because of this change, you know, in the past where it was very much, you could pretty much get into the Dawah without kind of almost no strings attached. Whereas now there's this kind of maybe an element of fear involved. But why I think it's really important is, you said you didn't have like a spiritual journey, yeah, as such. You had more of a, it happened and you understood Islam comprehensively. But I think what happens to some people is, especially like mosques and stuff, is like their journey is different to the extent that they become apoliticized. So their version of Islam is very much a, oh, it's very spiritual, very ritualistic. And it may work for them in that it makes them practicing, but actually they never go beyond that and say, you know what, I need to do something which is going to help the situation of the Ummah. I can do something that's going to help myself and it's going to attain me, my Akhirah, but not really appreciating that. Actually doing other things is probably more important today than just concerning myself. So I think those elements are different. And that's why I think the Dawah has changed to an extent for that reason as well, I would say. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, uh, it's completely something different mm. to what it was okay uh, so I went to university in the 90s probably showing my age there but anyway no 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 no. alright but uh, so when I first started it was a question of I was just looking for the answers for myself okay mm-hmm. so it was just a question of okay uh, you know what is right what is wrong lest uh, I was clearing out the buffer noise you know I knew what my parents had told me, similar, that th- this is right, but is it really right? Is it truly right? And, you know, you get involved, and as similar to, to a lot of probably brothers, where's the first time, where's the first place to look was at the local mosque. So I went there, got a limited amount of answers, but again, it wasn't, wasn't better than what I already knew. Um, then I went to the Islamic Society, met some of the brothers there, uh, got more answers Started reading Learning more Still wasn't satisfied With, with what I was What I'd come to the conclusion And then I obviously Learned and realised And you know the, the biggest thing That I can probably Take away And teach my children And 
the things is, is read the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If you read the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it really does put your life in perspective. And as a dawa carrier, as a person who wants to carry dawa and wants to play a positive role in their community, in their household, in their country, that will that is the blueprint for somebody to realize actually it's not just about me. It's not just about, it's about my fellow man. Because Rasulullah said, "As rahmatullahalamin, a mercy upon mankind." So it shows you Islam wasn't just for the people of Arabia or the people of the Quraysh; it was for the whole of mankind. So, if if I believe in this, if I believe in what I'm, I've I've learned about, it's not just for me, then, is it? It's for you know the brothers and sisters around you. And uh, so that kind of um, put me on that journey of realizing, well, it can't just be about me. And and then I re- read about things that Islam is comprehensive in everything, you know, from a financial system, from a social system. So all these uh, things started to put into place. And I was thinking, well, then how do I how do I get involved in that? How do I make that changes? And and I simply actually go home. You say these things. You can't be doing this. You can't be doing that. You know, that's just that's your youth and. And sometimes you, you do that, but now we're in a much more mature stage of our of our lives, and we get to interact with our children and understand what we want is is for the best for them, and not just our children, but for 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 the whole Muslim ummah. But but what's the how's that different to? Because what we're speaking about. Okay, the, yeah. For, 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 so so for me, the challenges were that went in in the early night in the mid nineties. Compare the challenges then to uh, to now. You me. know, there were less challenges then because okay. I believe genuinely had a heart. There was less corruption there as well. Mm. So corruption in what sense? In the sense of, you know, there's this war between Islam and Kufr. Mm. Okay, it's a tug of war, and uh, in in that phase, or if you want to call it, you know, it's, it's about twenty twenty five years ago. Yeah. In that time, it was easier to um, get involved in activism because there were a lot of groups, there were a lot of brothers and sisters doing things, um, and there were that that tug of between Islam and Kufr. I feel it was less. It was very easy to get involved, whether it was right or wrong or what people were doing, but it was very easy to start learning. Now there's that much. Uh, there's still a lot of there's more brothers out there. There's more brothers and sisters out there doing for Islam, but on different platforms, as you said, on different platforms. But that tug between Islam and Kufr it still exists. So uh, I, we see it every day. So many brothers and sisters being involved in certain things. Um, people maybe don't want to talk about it or touch about it, but I'll give you an example of drugs. When I was young, a person who smoked drugs. If they saw you and they realized that you didn't smoke drugs, they tell you to get lost from that area. Now we see people, age of 11, 12, smoking it as if it's nothing; it's a norm. So that pull to towards that, the challenges that Kufar is throwing and bombarding our children is at a very early age now. But what, what I'm saying here is that I understand exactly what you're saying, and uh, but. You know, one thing we can definitely see now is from from when I was younger, anyway, is that there are a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more awareness about Islam. Yeah. More youngsters are uh, in somewhat way praying and and you know they 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 do refer to Islam in a comprehensive way to a certain degree in the sense like you know when it comes down to 
uh, mortgages and, and, and interest and so on. They, they tried the halal and haram. Yeah, yeah. The halal yeah. and haram. When we were young, we thought it was just a food. Yeah, we just thought <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's haram no, food, and that's it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. what it meant. But you, you get a lot more knowledge now. But I mean, what it's, it's what what Rash touched upon earlier as well. But things you what you touched upon was that preventing these type yeah. of things. I'd say there's there's a couple of things personally. I think there's a the fact that if I'm going to give my own experience is that in the when when Dawa became. Uh, you know when Dawah came about in, in my locality anyway right so you had you had the, the normal people and then you had people who were calling to Dawah calling to Islam in a yeah, certain way yeah. trying to raise the issues to do with what was happening in Iraq, Iraq what yeah. was happening in Afghanistan in Chechnya in Bosnia these are the sort of things yeah, that yeah. was happening on the scene Malcolm yeah. X you yeah. know, when that movie came out you know, <laughs> yeah. these are the sort of things that we were hyped up about yeah, yeah. but so, so either you knew this or you didn't know anything right mm. But what I see now is there's there's many challenges and, and and yes a lot of it maybe even roots from CVE and preventing these type of things. But what we can see now is that uh, whilst before we but whilst before there was an only there's only the the dawah that was filling that void. Now you have other institutions. You have the masjids that are doing a lot more now uh, to try to represent. Uh, not just those who are, you know, lean, uh, teaching people how to recite Arabic in the Quran. You see, now you have Quranic lessons, you have lessons to do with the, the Sira. But what we do see now, more so than before, is one of the issues also is that the people that go through these type of uh, institutions, in a way, they, there is this mindset that you have to give bayah to a, a scholar in a certain respect, where basically you're just a normal type of person, you just go by your normal business, working, you know, halal job, you know, raise your children in an Islamic way and whatever. But when it comes down to issues to do with the ummah, this is maybe not your not your issue. Mm-hmm. This is something that the scholars need to deal with, the ulama need to deal with, etc. I think that's also I think that's also uh, some of the challenges. Then we got the challenges more on what you're saying in the sense that now, you know, sometimes I find it odd where um, you speak to young Muslims and you know they as normal people say what you do on the, what you do on the weekend it's a normal thing it's biggest yeah, Friday yeah. Day, what you do on the weekend yeah. obviously when it's, uh, when it's uh, your non-Muslim colleagues you say you know just uh, obviously you don't want to tell them man, you know, <laughs> I'm going to record a podcast for Voice of the Ummah yeah. but what you would say is you know you should do normal stuff but when you speak to Muslims and, and for them they finish work and their mindset I'm not like I said I'm not, I'm not uh, bashing Netflix Right, I'm not bashing Amazon Prime or anything like that, right? What I'm saying is, is the, this mindset that I've finished, finished work now, now I'm going to put my feet up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to binge, binge watch. Yeah. On the weekend, I'm going to binge watch, you know. what? The, there, there's a problem, a fundamental problem there. And these may, people may even be people who don't miss Salah. Mm-hmm. They don't miss their fast. Mm-hmm. They give generously. Mm-hmm. But there is a mindset where materialism has kicked in where People may even be somewhat practicing, mm-hmm. yet you know their vision, their global vision, mm-hmm. is something which is uh, being influenced by capitalism, yeah. being influenced by uh, materialism. Yeah. You know, there's this. And I mentioned him before. You know, Muhammad Hoblis, he's this. It's quite a famous um, speech, and it's on on YouTube. You can see it. Is that? And he talks about what you just said there, because he's saying that we're living in a society now where. To an extent, like you say, more people might be practicing because they pray their salah. But we're in a situation where, you know, we can have halal holidays. 
People talk about, like you said, there's, you talk about halal mortgages. And even things like that is because there's a demand for it, because there's Muslims there seeking solutions. So it's not completely negative, because it means Muslims are seeking something yeah. Islamic. So that's yeah. progression. Yeah. But at the same time, what Muhammad Hubbles is saying is that we have halal holidays, we have, we're in halal relationship, we have children, they wear their hijab, and you know, we're doing everything in that way. But we're doing it in such a personal and ritualistic kind of way that the ummah is burning, the ummah is being devastated, whether it's in Kashmir, whether it's in Burma, whether, wherever it's Syria, wherever, yet we are satisfied with our comfortable lives. Yeah, because we're thinking we're doing sufficient to gain our akhirah. And, and you know, the, even that journey, like I was saying to you earlier, this Islamic journey that we go on this and wherever that reaches, that I would say that in more recent times for myself, I've had the benefit of, of delivering, de- delivering khutbah on Fridays, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. But for me, when I got that opportunity, I looked at it and thought, do I want to just give Islam in that way that whichever mosque I go into gives Islam in that very personal, spiritual, ritualistic kind of way? Or do I want to talk about these things? Do I want to talk about there's so many other aspects of Islam that we're neglecting? And like even the Votu project is related to this, but there's so many aspects of Islam and escapism, which is what you're talking about, that you know, your Netflix and all of these things. Escapism has played a part in that. So we've made this version of Islam, which can we compartmentalize and put here, and escapism still is fine, where we go away at the weekend, like you were saying, and we just, we can, you know, and all of the things are probably halal. Yeah. 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 All, say all of the things are halal. Okay. You know, watching a bit of telly just to watch something that's permissible, spending time with, of course, spending time with your family. Not just halal, it's obligatory. We should spend time with our family. But the issue is, is balance. Because if you spend, if you go, okay, I'm spending time with my family. I spend all, you know, all of a sudden, say you spend 90% of your time with your family, or you're actually probably spending 60% of your time at work, 40% of your time with family. What, where is the rest of your time for the Tao? Where is the time on respond to that which gives you life? This is the ayah that kind of, hit home with me when it says respond to Allah respond to his messenger respond to that which gives you life for me I saw all of those things at university I came out of university and I saw all of the things that people seemed like they were enjoying but then they were depressed in the daytime they were depressed in the evenings they were out drinking clubbing doing all of these things thinking they enjoy they come home in the next day they're crying they're depressed mm-hmm. what's going on here you you were enjoying yourself you're talking about all you talk about on monday morning at work is how great your weekend was, was yeah. and next minute you're crying or you're depressed mm-hmm. what's going on here and it's Allah is telling us, respond to that which He gives you life is responding to Allah, yeah. responding to and spreading the deen of Allah. Because ever since I've been involved in the da'wah, however little I've done, however little I've done, I've, I've always felt that's what has made me feel like this life has purpose. Mm. Mm. That's the only thing that has given me purpose in life. And I think that's an important aspect of, of what we're talking about, really. And I think the point that I was trying to make is that as... You know, subhanAllah, where people will say, oh, look, there's so much going on mm-hmm. in terms of Islam. There's so many different things going on. But so, so has the level of escapism. Mm-hmm. The avenues for escapism have increased as Computer well. Computer games, yeah. virtual reality. So, so, so kufr doesn't stand still. And, and that's what I was trying to say, that there, there's so much more we can do. 
and it shouldn't just be about what the, the things that Rash has touched on where it's, it, it just becomes about me it's just about my uh, spiritual needs yeah. you know it, we are all, we are an ummah we are a global ummah and our actions should reflect that and we shouldn't we shouldn't aim low is what i'm trying to say we should aim high we should be talking about this we should be t- teaching our children about these aspects as well and again I, you know i did know we were a global ummah I knew it quite early because it was the kind of things that i used to read but again until these things happen these events that would take place uh, so for the iraq one uh, i remember i was i went to school sad because i'd seen something on the news and it was a, a non muslim friend of mine said oh, what's wrong with you today I said oh, I saw uh, Muslims, you know, my f- fellow Muslims being killed on the news, and he said to me, "Well, what's that got to do with you? They're yeah. on the other side of the world." Well, you know, yeah. the sad reality today is you talk to Muslims and you go, "What did you see? What happened? You know, the, do you watch the news or did you see what happened in yeah. so and so place?" Some of them will say, and this is an extension of escapism. Some of them will say, "I don't watch the news." Yeah, he's like, "Why don't you watch yeah, the, the news?" The, but the attitude they have is very much an attitude of it's depressing. Yeah. I don't want to know. I, I already know the situation yeah. is dire. Why should I watch the news and depress myself? Well, you know, the, so, so this is where I think you know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Rush always tries to get it in. This the same by uh, Imam uh, Ibn Qayyim al Jawziyah, right? The fact that you know the the Iblis will uh, pu- uh, beautify the recommended actions. But so what I feel is exactly what you're saying and exactly what Rush saying. And I think I personally think it can be combined. What I mean by that, I think you've got your you've got your normal uh, uh, issues anyway at hand, which. Which are inevitable in a society of kufr. Yeah. This is not just for Muslims. This is for non-Muslims. They yeah. all affected by the same issue, yeah. right? Um, and that's fine. So some people you see the Muslims in gang warfare, knife attacks, knife killings, drugs. We see this. Okay. Mm. This is not an issue. Even the even the grooming issue. This is a societal problem in this in the West. Mm-hmm. It's not something that they try to link to Pakistani culture or they try to link to Islam. It's not true. Anyway. Mm. But also what you've got is you've got those people, Muslims that are becoming uh, practicing now. So, you know, the message that's being pushed out is, you know, they're always trying to promote a moderate version of Islam. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you promote this moderate version of Islam, what it does is, you know, your personal requirements, your spiritual link between you and your creator, okay, is defined in a way where it's personal, okay? Um, and the rest of what happens... In society, this can be regulated by man-made laws. Yeah. And in fact, the issues that are concerned are, are concerned uh, in regards to concerning the other Muslims around the world, that's also an issue which, yeah, you acknowledge, but it hasn't got anything to do with you. And this is what I'm saying. This is, I think, the challenge. Why? Because, you know, when, when the uh, non-Muslims, if they come out and they say to you, Sahih al-Bukhari is fake, they say to you, don't believe in the Sunnah, only accept uh, the Quran. They say to you, don't worry about the Muslims. They say to you that, you know, uh, the issues to do with Kashmir, this is not an Islamic Ummah mm-hmm. issue, right? You know, if they did this, if they did this, it's blatant. Yeah. Even the druggie on the, yeah. even the guy who's selling crack, yeah. right? He's going to say, listen, man, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, you know, when you have Muslims, people in position, yeah. That are pushing this type of view. Yeah. It's more dangerous because the normal person that's coming into it, yeah. and if he's already been brought into it in the sense like he has to have this spiritual link with his imam, yeah. with his sheikh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. 
Well, you're creating you're creating a fake authority. A fake figure. authority yeah. where it's yeah. not you can't question yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when you have these people yeah. and you have these issues, so even if they like, for example, you know when you saw that issue on Iraq, so a Muslim he sees what's happening on the news, he sees what's happening in Kashmir, mm. he goes to the Sheikh, his beer or stud or whatever, yeah, yeah. and he says and he sees, listen. You don't need to worry, worry about, about that. And that's yeah. exactly what's being said. That's no, what no, it's, said. Not, yeah. it's, not, it's not even about do worry. What they'll tell you is do dua. That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah. And this is something because because we're talking about the dawah. Yeah. This is something and activism. Yeah. This is killing. And what this is actually doing. Uh, one brother a, a while back, you know, he he came out of the term. This is actually this is actually zombifying the ummah. Mm. What is doing it's is subduing is, them. It's subduing mm. them. So in a way, you've got these people who are are. Walking around, yeah. living amongst you, yeah. yet you know their their outlook on life is different to yours. Yeah. And what you said is a brilliant point, bro. And something which definitely our viewers and our listeners should listen to is that as Muslims we have one world world view. Yeah. As Muslims we have one view one one viewpoint in life, and you get that from the Sunnah. You get that from the Sirah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam because he's the uswatul uh, hasana, yeah. right? And what you will see is that, and this is why sometimes Rash mentioned it in the last podcast, that you know when you when you're given this version of Islam, which is like a, a hippie type of version of Islam, and when people come at you with with okay, the Prophet fought wars, yeah, the Prophet did this, yeah. he was a leader, yeah. he he he, uh, you know, there was punishments that were executed by him, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't fit the narrative, yeah, yeah. and it confuses people yeah. because they're like, yeah, um, I was told this. Yeah. They give it. They give. They they they're creating a a false image of Rasulullah and his life, and this is why, because it's so prominent in the in the Sunnah and in his Sirah, you just can't get away from it. So unless you come out with the you know, you know people have read Sirahs, this you know like a pamphlet. Then Rasulullah is born. Forget the rest. You know, forty years before that, and then he had Nubuwa, and then. Obviously, a little bit of uh, the, the the miracles that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala bestowed on Rasulullah Sallam. They'll highlight those again, really gearing it towards the spiritual aspect. But if you look at it, the totalitarian of the whole completeness as a husband, as a father, all the rules that come just even from that. Yeah, and, and you, you know, can link it all. And this is where this is the thing that often when we discuss the seerah, we don't link it to mm. systems that were provided for economy. Mm. We don't link it to the fact that that social system that yeah. was implemented there actually we still have. Thankfully, Alhamdulillah, yeah. we still have remnants of it today, bro. That's because you know people. Some people that do read it, yeah. it's very like a storybook. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no, there's no link between them, their lives, and now. And I think this is why I said that. You know, when I said about escapism, it's not just about the personal escapism. It's the escapism of actual making real change in the dunya. So there are so many different more avenues now, now that exist in this time frame. Of uh, dissipating and allowing Muslims to become zombified. So in the past, it was maybe one particular thing. It was career. Focus on your career. Do X, Y, and Z, and that was there to zombify them. Now there's so many different things. There are Muslims with such good intentions, but they because they're being forced down a different avenue. What they'll do at the end of that is that's what's making them zombified. So it's like they're getting a they're getting a little uh, a, a small hammer. And it's with this massive rock. They just tap, 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 tap. And by the time after ten years of doing that, they've realised you. I've not achieved anything. 
And I've know, not done anything. I've not affected anything. My voice hasn't reached out there. I've not affected even my own community, people in my own household. And and and, and that's that's the danger that you're finding Muslims in that this zombification is that they'll have good intention when you know what they're trying to do they're trying to make some impact in their local community and they're doing it but the answers that they're given is like you said they've already been created by kufr by the kufar by non-muslims you know what's amazing about this zombification yeah is the examples of things like what we get dragged into yeah. you know your sport and you get your yeah. movies oh, and so yeah. actually some of that you know in the, the gladiators and stuff when they were fighting in these grand stadiums people who read history know that a lot of those things were done to ensure that the people didn't concern themselves about wider issues mm. so if you kind of zombify them if you make them busy in these kind of other things you know entertainment to that ex- not just that yeah we're not saying entertainment is haram but to the extent that your life becomes about providing entertainment what ends up happening mm. is in the same way as they were able to get people just to be worried about you know every weekend there's a gladiator fight and we can all get down to that stadium and you know you go to Italy and places like and you see that in action and you read history books and you see that that's what the Romans were doing yet we're doing the same thing in this society we're not and we don't know mm. it's like oh, okay it's happening to us from a, a screen in the corner of our living room yet we don't appreciate that that's what's happening and, and you know the the, stu- the the distractions you're talking about today mm. whether it's football whether so it's many. you you know the you know the, the, the leaders of this country you don't see their children doing that stuff in the sun why because very their children are going to be the future leaders we yeah. try to move on a bit you know like there's some ayat of the quran uh, in surah yusuf allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says translation the meaning say this is my way i invite to allah with insight and i and those who follow me and exalted is Allah and I am not one, I am not of those who associate others with him and also Allah subhanahu says and who is better in speech than one who invites to Allah and does righteousness and says indeed I am of the Muslims so subhanallah as Muslims the, the dawah is obligatory mm-hmm. as Muslims you know the, as it says who's better in speech than the one who calls to al-Islam and you know what I think is very important, and actually, you know, I think this naturally goes into the vote vote bit, yeah. Reason why is because what we'll see is that uh, obviously Islam is huge in the sense like it covers so many different aspects, and what you will see is that there will be movements and there will be people who are calling for calling to Islam, but you will see that they may be calling to a, a subsection, they may be calling to a certain thing, right. But in reality, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, that I invite to Allah with insight, or he says that, you know, he's, he's telling us to, if he invites to Allah and does, does righteousness and says, I am a Muslim. What we have to understand is that if Islam is a, a deen, if Islam is comprehensive in nature, so you have the aqidah, which is the, the you know, the, uh, the foundation. And from this aqidah, comes systems of life which deal with your private issues, public issues, uh, individual issues, you know, uh, societal issues. So the dawah itself should be comprehensive in nature. What it's calling for should be comprehensive. And I feel that, and, and it goes back to the example of Ibn Qayyim, mm. is that you will, you know, uh, think about this. 
is there do you think there's uh, uh, any uh, any doubt in the fact that the leaders of the governments in the west they are against islam is there doubt There's no doubt. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> no, no, there's no doubt. Yeah. Okay? I think any yeah. any non-Muslim, any, any, any Muslim, Muslim will yeah. say this. Yeah. So when you see that you have global superstar um, imams and scholars, mm. okay, who are personalities now, when they are given visas, when they're given platforms to give uh, uh, talks at conferences, yeah, yeah. which holds hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Right? Do you not think that the only reason why these people are being given these access to come into these countries and to speak to Muslims is because their message, even though it may be of Islam, is one which is not threatening the status quo. That if Muslims can be speaking about these same topics for a hundred years, yeah. but our situation will change. But th- th- this is what I was trying to highlight earlier on as well. That look, you know. Uh, Not only, not only, not only these imams or anybody else. It's even organizations. They give them funding. They give them platforms to speak on. Yeah, I mean, whole they, thing. as a holistic point yeah, of view, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. all they're all in it. And and uh, no ideology, no ideology is going to let another ideology uh, surpass it or overtake it without trying to destroy it. Whether it's from in directly, subliminally, however it whatever it takes, and especially right now with capitalism, with all its money, all its resources, all its weapons, you know, it still it won't destroy Islam because we know Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protects it. But you know what, bro? I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of defending that because I'm I'm sick of people saying, oh, you know what? That's not for me. You don't be a footballer by standing on the sidelines. You play the game. Yeah. So this thing about oh, there's so much going on, etc. Every Muslim, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given every Muslim the ability to play a role in Islam. That is fact. However big or little, we know this. You know, if you look at the life of Umar bin al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, he was on his way to kill Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, and one of his statements was, "I was the best in kufr." And <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I was. And look what Allah gave me instead. But, so, but look at the person you you, know you mentioned about yeah. a little bit. The person who stopped him and sent him to his sisters rather than the messenger yeah. did that. Was that not part of that that little that bit? Little I don't thing. even know who the person was. Yeah. But that little role that that yeah. person played, yeah. Allah, the, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he yeah. made the dua for one of the two umrahs. Umrahs, subhanallah. And yeah. the fact that this, forget the fact that he would have tried killing the messenger yeah. sallallahu alaihi wasallam because you know there was some heavy backup there anyway. Of course, Hamza that you know was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. the other thing that would have happened. But, but nevertheless, in regards to the conversion of Umar radiallahu anhu. The fact that he went to his sisters, he heard the Quran, yeah. he hit her, he yeah. felt a bit of remorse. Yeah. He said, "Let me listen to you." It's a process, of course, part of Allah's plan. Yeah. Part of Allah's plan. Yeah. Look, look at the stages that Umar radiallahu reached. Of course, but how many speak yeah. about that person who diverted yeah. him to his sisters? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So, the, so right now, even you know, what what people trying to pitch or Kufr tries to pitch is to Muslims. Is you even doing a little bit ain't going to change anything. Alhamdulillah, that's shaitan. Yeah. That's what's that's, that's, that's not only bro. That's both. That's shaitan's yeah. what's what's up. Yeah, and that's kufr telling yeah, you as well. Yeah, because they're the yeah. They're Look the at this. We are this mountain of capitalism. Yeah. You can't defeat us. This was the same for Rasulullah Sallam. Yeah. This is Quraysh. This is the, the, the telling you you're not going to be able to change these people. You won't be able to take these people on. You can't do it. 
And then now look at us. And like you said, look at Umar al-Khattab, what he said and when he was looking at when they were conquering new lands, etc. You know, this is what Rasulullah promised us that we'll be able to do this. So when people try to pitch and put into Muslims head, oh, don't worry, we can't do anything anyway, bro. Why are you gonna? Why are you gonna send this message? Why are you gonna? Why are you gonna? Why are you, you know, sharing? This? Why are you why sharing are you these? Why are you telling? Why are you talking to your friends? People will happily go and talk about a football match for two hours and, and analyze it as if it's something. But then you know, oh, don't talk about that because it, it's, it's, it takes too long to talk yeah. about, or we can't affect change. In fact, you talking about it, you are affecting change. Just talking about it. This is what Rasulullah did. He first started talking about it. Yeah, people say that's just talk. It's well, talk. What was the Prophet yeah. doing? And you know, furthermore, sometimes I think where the difficulty is, and this is just a bit of advice to myself first, but advice to people is that sometimes we have this attitude that, you know, all of the other obligations, they came with like a methodology. Mm. You know, whether it's Salah, whether it's how you go on Hajj, whether it's, you know, how you pay your Zakah, the percentage. So there's a methodology behind it. I think what sometimes people find difficult is, if you ask someone is dawah fard, they will say, yeah, I think dawah is fard. Yeah. But then you ask them, what is the methodology? Because there is no prescriptive yeah. or they don't perceive there's a prescriptive process or the mosques haven't told them. It's almost like, okay, I'll do it. When I speak to someone now and again, I'll say, oh, I'm a Muslim. How do you measure it? Well? How do you measure it? There's all of this. So it's actually to, to defend people. It's not easy in that there's no prescriptive kind of process. The but at the same time, there, there's an it? element yeah. of confusion. But isn't that where... People need to fill that void and really should be the scholars, the imams, the people of influence. They should be saying, you know what, that dawah that you need to do, it needs to reach this. It's not this kind of spiritual type dawah which is going to maybe just going to help you just purely in your kind of mission. It's going to help the ummah. Yeah, but, it's, but it's what Brother Maj said. It's what Maj said. He said, that, look... These people are deliberately given that yeah, platform. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're deliberately given that platform. And which Can you like, imagine the kuffar if they turned around and say, if 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 Rasulullah was at this time, so given that platform, yeah, there's no way no anyone way. like that is exactly. given that platform. And that's why activism yeah. is so important. Yeah. Because you know why activism, and it might even be your next question. Activism is so important is because there's a time where you know we live in this time now where in the West. Maybe we can be more active because we can voice our opinions more, but then escapism consumes us. Mm. So all of a sudden that side is subdued. In the Muslim lands, we become more active because you naturally become more active when you're being oppressed. This is a natural state, isn't it? But then if you're oppressed to, to such extent that you're having your houses bombed yeah, and you can't even provide for your yeah. family, then all of a sudden the activism com- becomes difficult. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden activism is becoming difficult on both sides of the spectrum. But that doesn't mean we neglect it when we've got that opportunity. Mm-hmm. We need to reject that escapism and say, this is why we need to be activists today. It's very important. You know, when we talk about the, the tests and tribulations and... Uh, I was thinking about this stuff. You know, generally we talk about sacrifice. Yeah. And you know, the example you gave there is in the Muslim lands, they're being bombed. They are poverty. You know, these people are under occupation that for them, maybe they cannot see beyond uh, feeding themselves and their families. Okay. Now, you know, so you see that for someone to be an activist in that environment, subhanAllah, he has to sacrifice a lot. There's trials and tribulations. But you know, in the West... There's also sacrifice. Yeah. There's trials and tribulations. Let me explain them because yeah. someone might say, well, how can they be compared to the Muslim lands? Okay, let's put things into perspective. It took me a little while to try to, uh, try to appreciate this, that 
you know if we're talking about escapism we're talking about materialism we're talking about this society that you're engrossed in bro i'm not talking about you being taken to like a, a dungeon and being tortured for the dawah <laughs> we're living in a society where to people for people to dedicate time for the dawah to learn islam has become a sacrifice yeah is become a sacrifice because the society you know, people are chasing time yeah. right it's like as if i wish there was 30 hours in, in the day yeah. so what we see is that you know there has to be a radical shift in the perspective of the person who for for one moment he thinks he has he doesn't have enough time mm. and then he thinks actually subhanallah this is what's the what's more important and the rest will revolve around this and that's why subhanallah when you do speak to muslims and where someone can watch a, a program for a couple of hours but maybe they can't spare 30 minutes to watch an episode of talking sira for example mm. you know this is a mindset problem this is a mindset issue but inshallah let's move on a bit because time's ticking a bit right so with the stuff that you spoke actually there was one last thing I want to do want to mention about the scholars and stuff last minute and, and th- we're not we're not bashing anyone at all so make sure it's the last make, point though yeah let's be like bro listen <laughs> yeah let's remember <laughs> i remembered okay. but there's also that issue where Muslims think that uh if you don't if you're not if you don't know all the knowledge then you can't even speak to people subhanallah and as the hadith is that you know convey from me even if it's one verse so subhanallah you know some of the scholars have said recent scholars have said subhanallah that you know as long as you know what message you're giving yeah. as long as you know what when you talk when someone like no it's not something you just heard I, you got you know that information to be yeah. correct yeah. that is is imperative yeah. that you propagate it okay uh, and I to be honest with you, I was I think some of you guys might have been there but I was in a I was in an environment where there's one brother you say look you until you like not a 40 plus the being qualified yeah. you shouldn't even speak by Islam then you shouldn't speak right. about anything then but but that's the point you shouldn't speak anything in life then okay, let, let, let's, let's let's make sense that doesn't that doesn't make sense to a human being no but it didn't because yeah. it didn't because yeah. The people that were in the gathering, yeah. it, they were like, I don't know if you were there, but they were like, how can they be right? Yeah. And it, 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 yeah. it swapped because the normal person on the street thought, how, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay, so inshallah, you know we're talking about activism, we're talking about this and we want to bring this to, bring this to some sort of a summary and a summary we could take away. And I think uh, this is the moment where, you know, I think voice of the ummah, you know, we can pitch voice of the ummah. Because I think, you know, subhanAllah, this is uh, uh, like a, a, an apparatus you know uh voice of umma has a, a vision okay uh and inshallah ta'ala the vision is to you know generate awareness in the umma on the key key ideas about islam about the issues of islam and inshallah to arrive at a a, a place where our muslims are well equipped with their deen they are confident in their deen you know and they can they can then face up to the challenges mm. that we experience mm. So the way I see it, subhanAllah, is voice of is like, like a bus, okay? And, you know, it's going to get to where it needs to, inshallah ta'ala. And, but what it needs, it needs passengers also. It needs that support, you know? And I think at this moment of time, to bring the issue of activism and stuff like this, I think voice of Ummah is something which, inshallah, we're trying to do that in voice of Ummah. And it's something that, you know... Uh, we also encourage other people to get involved in absolutely is it single bus or double decker bro inshallah you know it might have started off as a go car okay okay yeah. alhamdulillah But this can become the first multi triple decker bro listen i'm talking about like a, 
skyscraper decker. Skyscraper decker, mashallah. In the sun, inshallah ta'ala. Because the ummah is huge. Some good vision there. You know, but I think it's important because you know, we spoke we spoke about the da'wah, we spoke about aqidah. Yeah. You know, no one's belittling any part of Islam. No. So I know our views to think, oh, uh, okay, so if you're going to give Islam, you're going to give it in a comprehensive manner. Yeah. Does that mean you have to mention everything to the first person who's not even praying? No. no, no what no. it means, and the important thing is you always have to start from the aqidah. You have to start from the fundamentals. But if the fundamentals is understood incorrectly yeah. in the sense like yeah. it's it's partial, yeah. Then everything else is going to be yeah. incorrect, and I think this is what when I said for you know when we talked about our journeys yeah. in life, I think that's that's where it was never sit right. You know, it's everything that I'd look at, it'd be like, okay, that's that's good enough for this, but what about this element? And then the more, Alhamdulillah, you know, some brothers gave literature, or you'd read, and you know, the internet was new in in those days. So that, that's how long ago it was. The internet is quite new. That dial up, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so you'd find new pieces of information. You think actually that, that uh, there's got to be something more. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something complete. And you know, when you come to that conclusion, like you said, it's about knowing what is more. And the more is that Islam is complete, and we we do talk about it as being complete solution to all of mankind's problems. But you mentioned thing about the voice. You yeah. mentioned thing about the information being there. Yeah. And I think this is why voice not is is quite key because. At this moment in time, I personally believe there's a lot of confusion in Dolma. Yeah. And I think there's 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 people, there's elements, there's organizations that are put there to actually further the confusion. Yeah. So within this, it's it's important to have some sort of an organization which actually, you know, can can clear clear the, the, the mist, clear the fog, and to try to show the Ummah, you know, who we are. Mm. We're a noble Ummah, we're a great Ummah. What we can achieve, we're the same Ummah. That were 300 at Badr. Mm. We're the same Ummah that defeated the Christians at Yarmouk. We're the same Ummah. You understand? That started from the desert and subhanAllah took over the, the, the most of the known world. Mm. We're, we're that same Ummah. Oh, yeah. Okay? The only thing that maybe is, is lacking is the understanding of Islam and trying to live according to it. Mm. And that's where I think when we talk about activism, I think this is very key that what we should be doing, we should be a voice for the Ummah, of the Ummah, mm-hmm. in order to try to show what Islam truly is. And I think this is something which we're trying to do. Yeah, inshallah. And, and something which, you know, um, can only be successful with the input of the Ummah. Absolutely. And we had this vision, didn't we? Just as you've said, we've had this vision. And we started off Voice of the Ummah <coughs> a few years ago, to be fair. Yeah. And people may not have noticed as much because in those times we were really more on the kind of the online in terms of blogs and just like articles and things like that. But we did have that vision from day one that Islam is comprehensive and we should present Islam in that comprehensive nature to the Ummah. But that includes not just purely from a knowledge point of view, but also from from the point of view of what attacks are taking place on the Ummah. So Muslims are, like you said again, more armed with when a situation arises, they can evaluate that situation and say, from an Islamic point of view, from a political, in kind of what the political scene is at the moment, you know, you don't have to be an expert on geopolitics, you just, no, just no. from the point of view of going, I know this is happening, yeah. I know the brothers mentioned this about this corporation and that corporation, that's what 
they're involved in. Oh, then there's other organizations giving us this information. At least I can piece everything together and at least be able to be armed with that information from a, a knowledge point of view. And share it. Yeah. And share you, it. You know what it is, Baji? It's, it's, what, it's what you said. I think I lost, I lost my trailer thought earlier when I was mentioning uh, Umar bin al-Khattab. But then you, you mentioned the point about the person who redirected oh, him. Yeah. I thought you were going to go there, but I think you took the no, route, no. Uh, what, a different route. What, what I meant to say was that, look, it, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses for us is different for everybody. Allahu Okay. So, Umar bin al-Khattab was given a position that he attained, mm. but it doesn't belittle the other aspects that every other of members of the Sahaba did. Not everybody was at that level. Oh, right? So... As Rash has mentioned, it doesn't mean that you're going to be an expert in geopolitics of one particular area or one particular science or on Hadith or Quran. But it does. Uh, we should have the mindset to tell people, our children, our future generations, that Islam is a complete solution for their life. We have to defend yeah. our side, yeah. isn't it? If yeah. Each one of us, it's like a yeah. circle, isn't it? Yeah. Each one of us stands on that side of the circle yeah. and we need to protect, protect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Islam at large from our side. And if we're not doing that, yeah. all we're doing is standing aside yeah. and letting someone come past and say, we're going to attack Islam from that side. Well, then you can't turn around and then blame your children for not doing exactly. that. If you, if, you, if you can't do it exactly. and you're not going to play a role in it, then what chance is there for your children or the next generation of Muslims that are Subhanallah, Raza, inshallah, let's, let's, let's sort of wrap this up. Um, I think it's, it'll be good to, uh, you know, summarize with a few points, inshallah. So, you know, any, any final points that you guys want to, you know, something key for our listeners to uh, sort of take away. I think the first point linking to Shaz's issue wise, you know, is, and yourself, to be honest, John, on life itself. Yeah. Life is short. Too short. People not getting younger. You understand? Either you you set your legacy now, yeah. or you forever regret in the hereafter. Yeah. So I think first and foremost we should really ponder our purpose in life, yeah. and as you know, uh, Rash said earlier, is think of think of it for ourselves, yeah. uh, and I think that's the start. Yeah, and you know what? This is hopefully people will appreciate this. We're here as brothers who we're not we are not qualified as in terms of you know media experts, geopolitical experts, yeah. you know making posters and videos. But if people see our content, everybody and there's people behind the scenes here that everybody has contributed based on spending time. Yeah. This isn't people who have come from experts in their field to come together and form an organisation. So we are all experts, and now we're. P- providing yeah. this product for you instead people have gone brothers who are involved they don't do it for any material gains they're not getting any not getting a salary out of it any wealth out of it anything like that what they're doing is saying I recognise that as an activist or as someone who needs to be involved in the dawah this is what I'm here to offer if I need to learn it there's brothers who are learning how to use editing software and all of these things that's not what they do in their day-to-day lives Mm. not even what they do in their jobs yet they are willing to sacrifice time to learn those things why because they recognize that when we have tools at our disposal when there's dawah to be done 
in this day and age, we use the tools that are there to be used mm-hmm. to do that da'wah. In the same way as the Prophet wasallam, he collated people together and he spoke to them about the deen. Today we have different mechanism of being able to spread the deen. Different mechanisms to expose those plans that are against our ummah. And that's why we've got brothers that have got involved, brothers who have come along and said, I want to be involved because I want to do my bit. Even it can be a tiny bit, like you said, about that brother who, or about that person who told Umar to go to go and look at his house first. Yeah, yeah. I think someone even gave the khutbah about that once and the, his name was Naeem. But okay. how many of us yeah. knew that? Yeah. And again, I think each of us need to, and my message really is, each of us need to contemplate, look at where our journey has taken us so far and go, I want to contribute to that activity. And it can be simply as, I'm going to take that content and I'm going to share it around. I'm going to tell my friends and family that this is an avenue that we can spread the deen. We, we 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 do actions to attain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How much we do or how greedy we want to get the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is up to obviously the individual. Uh, I want to be able to say that, you know, I, I got involved because for me, this is not just for me, but it's also for the next generation that is coming up from us. So when I look at my children... Uh, I want to be able to say to them that and teach them the tools for them to carry dawah. So it's not just about me or just it's, it's about the children around us, the next generation, the youth, the upcoming. And as Brother Majis mentioned, there's confusing times. So let's clarify it. Let's clear it up for them. Let's make it easy for them. And inshallah, that's what vote is about. It's making it easy for brothers and sisters to be able to have access to that information and to share that information and get involved in that. And that's why for us, activism is important. Um, you know, you mentioned it a lot about you, the support of, that brothers and sisters are giving us and helping us. And alhamdulillah, it means a lot. It does mean a lot that we're getting there and we are on this journey, inshallah. And, you know, long may it continue, inshallah. And, you know, it comes brings it all back together. You know, activism is more important than it is in other fields. Because A, it's the deen, yeah. it's Islam, and it's an obligation. But also, you know, we're living a time now. You know, if someone wants to be an activist to, I don't know, save those trees out there, things like that, they will just, one person will go and do it, and they will think, oh, yeah, that guy is doing that activism. Mm-hmm. And there won't be any little competition for that as such. Whereas with the deen <laughs> and with Islam, you've got this difficulty now, is that all the platforms are taken up by the superpowers, the platforms are there going, we're going to attack Islam, we're going to generate this modernized version of Islam, but the only people who can overcome that are activists, because those people with platforms, those platforms are set there by our enemies. So surely we have to be the platform, the Muslims, the Ummah, and individuals have to say, I want to be the activist that actually aids, aids the cause. That's why I think it's even more important than in other fields. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Yeah, so I mean, some, some really good summary there. Um, you know, it, it does seem like, you know, Brother Rash doesn't want to end the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> unfortunately, I think maybe one of our cameras is going to go out actually anytime soon. So yeah, so just to, you know, the, the points you made there are fantastic, you know, uh, activism. And uh, I think even more important is really, first of all, is having the desire about learning about your deen, yeah, yeah. learning about your history. Yeah. If you know about your deen, if you know about your messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, if you know about your history, no one can tell us we're barbaric. Yeah. No one can, you know, uh, insult 
the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to try to show how his life is not applicable, uh, you know, uh, in, in our times now, etc, etc. This comes through knowledge, this comes through desire. Many people, you know, we spend effort, we go to universities, yeah. you know, we become doctors and scientists and in very sophisticated topics. But when it comes down to, you know, sharing one hadith, we think we're not, you know, competent enough. Yeah. This is something that's been drilled into our minds. Yeah. You know, the Ummah, subhanAllah, you know, it can achieve uh, lofty heights and it has achieved it. And subhanAllah, uh, we will achieve it again. Yeah, we're and, just and, off and, track, bro. We're just off track. And, you know, just, yeah. just to mention that, what you have to understand is that the Ummah is, you know, if this is a boxing match, you know, you got to think, I think now we're in the championship rounds. <laughs> and, you know, in fact, it's like, you know, just the fact that the Ummah is still in the ring, in mm. the championship rounds, seeing that we don't have a state, seeing that we don't, we're not unified, seeing that our resources, our militaries, you know, wasted, are all yeah. being utilized by someone else, by the hand. It's like as if we're in the championship rounds, even though our hands are tied behind, behind our back, but still we're ducking and we're diving and, you know, and, uh, and the thing is, subhanAllah, the effort to release our hands is, is something which we all play a part. And imagine, um, this is what sends tremor down the spines of the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if, we, if they cannot defeat us in the condition we're in today, imagine what we're like when they're unified. Imagine what we're like when we're unified when we're going to be unified. Entity, our militaries will be one. Our economic resources will be one. We will have, you know, uh, they will have Facebook. We will have Dawabuk. You know, <laughs> we will have, you know, we will Dawa be competing <laughs> on, the, on a level yeah, yeah, which yeah. is higher than them. Yeah. And then you watch. Yeah. And subhanAllah, the fact that they couldn't, they couldn't make the Muslim Ummah on mass. They couldn't make them leave their way of life. And I'm telling you, when we're on that level, their people are going to be yearning for Islam. Yeah. So inshallah, we're ending on some motivational uh, points. So Jazakallah for watching. Jazakallah for listening. And inshallah, share this content. You know, every little helps. As they say in Tesco. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we've got, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Telegram, we're on Instagram. YouTube. You know, YouTube. Yeah. You know, inshallah, we can create the content yeah. or make the content, shall I say, rather. But for it to be spread wide amongst the Ummah, we can't do it without your help. So inshallah, jazakallah for my co-host. It's always a pleasure. I'm our host now. I'm our co-host as well now. I'm thinking about upgrading you, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Jazakallah, bro. You're so kind. But jazakallah, inshallah. And there's also people behind the cameras. Jazakallah for them. You know, they're the real, they are the real team, actually, that put, make join us all together. Mm. But on that note, inshallah, jazakallah khair for watching and listening. And inshallah ta'ala, we will see you soon on the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.